Welcome everyone to Raw Sport episode 26. My name is Ahmed El Hooli and my co-host Mr. Tony Shen joins me on the show. Tony, how you going mate? How's things? Ahmed, good morning. I can't believe we're 26 episodes down. 26 episodes down. We have a huge guest today. Mr. Peter Bedell, welcome to the show, buddy. How's things? Yeah, g'day, boys. Uh, thanks for having me on. I think, um, is Tony the richest one on here? I think he lives in Double Bay, doesn't he? So, Tony, you're the you're Mr. Rich, mate. I'm the poor poor battler up here in Queensland. Mate, yeah, but Pete, you, you're getting all the vitamin D, mate. You've got the best mental health of the three of us. <laughs> well, mate, after, after a few punches on this boxing show, I might be in trouble. So, let's see how we go. Uh, we, we can't wait to get stuck in here. Now, Ahmed, just explain um, Peter's professional existence, what he does and where he uh, writes for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Peter's been a, uh, a pillar in the boxing, boxing community. Um, he's covered the sport for many, many years. Two decades. Yeah, and, and currently works for News Corp, well, a banner. Their banner company is the Courier Mail. So... Um, Peter's, I actually said to him off it, I go, mate, you're a very, you're a very unique person. You've stuck around for, for a long time in a, in a crazy, crazy world. So it's been, uh, it's, well, from what we can see, it's been a great ride, but of course you can tell it best. Well, Pete, why don't we, um, by extension of what Armand just said, how did you get into the reporting and boxing? Well, guys, I've always, um, well, it's probably like most Aussie kids. I mean, I loved sort of footy in winter and cricket in summer and, and boxing was always a part of my life in terms of watching it. I remember, you know, even hearing Jeff Fennick's first world title win against Satoshi Shingaki in the 80s at the Horta Pavilion, of course. And I remember listening to the radio at the time and there was a radio program, that the uh, Decibel Duo of Zorba Peters and Greg Hartley, and they were calling rugby league games at the time. And I remember they crossed to a live update of Jeff Fennick's fight that day when he beat Satoshi Shingaki to win the world title. So I've always been fascinated with Jeff Fennick's exploits. And then, of course, Kostya Zoo, and we all know some of the greats of Australian boxing, Vic Darkinian in, in later years. So I've always, and then, of course, Anthony Mundini was a polarising guy, but I always admired his talent. I interviewed him many times as a rugby league player. And then as an extension of that, when he crossed over to boxing, I stayed in touch with him. And I remember doing a camp. I went and stayed with uh, Anthony at Bar Eugle. Uh, out in the bush, before yeah, before he fought Danny Green in that infamous great fight in 2006 from memory. So that was one of the great Australian fights, and I spent three days with him in camp. So I've always had a love for boxing. I've never been a boxer myself, but I've just always admired the athletes in the sport and the dedication. And a lot of them don't earn a lot of money, so I think what they do—they're just real warriors. They're the toughest of tough men, and uh, I think Australian boxing right now is is in a purple patch. Well, can you explain what a purple patch means in your eyes? Well, Tony, I think you look at the not only the quality of boxes and the natural talent, but the proliferation of guys we've got now. I mean, if you did a pound-for-pound a pound list in Australia, you could easily get to 10 blokes. I mean, we saw Liam Wilson fight for a world title this year in February in Arizona. I was there ringside. It was heartbreaking stuff. I thought he was so seconds away from pulling off one of the biggest boxing upsets in history. And then, of course, we've seen Tim Zoo's ride. What a, what a meteoric rise that has been for Tim. Great fighters, yeah, Michael Zarafa's mandatory at the moment, waiting for his world title shot. Sam Goodman's a great fighter. So we've just got so much talent. And, you know, we're not even mentioning Jaya Pattaya, Justice Sunni, Steve Spark. I mean, what what a 
what a reservoir of talent we've got. So, and then, of course, you know, George Kambosis, you know, what he did that day against TFMA Lopez, uh, November 21, will never be forgotten. Unification Boilover in, in New York. So we've just got so many great Australian boxers. And I, and I think it's probably the best batch of talent I've seen in probably 10 to 20 years. Harmony's got quite the resume. Mate, he's got it. He's uh, got it covered, mate. <laughs> um, you mentioned uh, George Cambosis. So obviously you 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 write a ton about boxing and so on and so on. How was the impact of let's say Cambosis winning a world title and Zoo and Zoo's rise in terms of media? I'm just intrigued in terms of media numbers and the impact with people reading intrigued. Did they have a similar um, effect or Zoo really just boom? just had that larger impact on, on, on Australia's media landscape? I think, um, and it's a good question, I think Tim has had a greater impact only because I think he's been in the public consciousness a little bit more being a domestic guy. Uh, George is a Sydney boy like Tim, but as we know, George fought overseas for five or six years. And when he fought, I remember when he fought that day against Tiafimo, I was actually on holidays and I watched it just as a fan and ended up having to pull out the laptop because it was the, one of the greatest moments in Australian sport. And I thought, we need to write about this. This needs to be covered. So I think he flew under the radar for a long time, George, being in America, didn't have a lot of recognition here in Australia, apart from boxing aficionados. Whereas Tim, I think I think Australian fans have ridden the narrative a bit more. They understand the journey. Obviously, the, the famous surname has helped his his gravitas, his recognition with, with Australian fans not only not only fight fans but sporting fans generally and i think Agreed. i think and thing and seeing tim's the manner of his victories i mean that brutal knockout of a campo in 77 seconds and then what he did against mendoza just a couple of weeks ago i, I in terms of hits guys i'll give you data like he's he's fighting against the campo we had three hundred thousand hits on that on that sunday uh, on our websites for the mendoza oh, on, on news websites on, on news corp websites three hundred thousand and for the camp, the Mendoza fight two weeks ago, three weeks ago, it was nine hundred and forty-five thousand, so nearly wow. a million hits. Which that that he's just taken off Tim, and he's now on another level, another stratosphere. And looking, George's Cambosis numbers don't compare to that. While George is a phenomenal athlete and boxer, <clears throat> Tim Tim Zoo's the the star in terms of hits and clicks and social media presence. Yeah, well, Tim's actually a household name, whereas Cambosis, I think, got a lot of his infamy around fighting um, Devin Haney in Melbourne the first time when he overtook uh, Marvel Stadium or took over Marvel Stadium. But still now, because of the two losses, Zim, Zoo is actually still rising in the world of sport, whereas Cambosis is probably stagnating, if not um, declining. Yeah, it's, it's a good point, Tony. I mean, I think... I think George was at a pretty critical juncture of his career. I watched, I was there for both fights against Haney. I covered the first fight at Marvel, 41,000 people, probably the big, the biggest crowd we've seen ever in Australian boxing or since, since Horn against Pacquiao at Suncorp in 2017. And then his second fight, of course, Rod Laver Arena. It was a better performance from George, but again, he was just outclassed. But I thought against Maxie Hughes, I covered that here in Australia. I, th I actually thought, if I'm honest, I thought Maxie Hughes won that fight. I gave Maxie seven rounds to five against George. But being an Aussie, I wanted to see George win. I'm glad he did, but I thought I thought Maxie probably deserved it. But George, you know, won the belt there, and he now gets a chance to really 
rise again against what I believe will be a fight against Lomachenko next year sometime, potentially in Perth or Sydney, I'm hearing. So that would be a massive fight. If, if George can get that shot, he's back in the big time. And who knows, if he beats Loma and pulls off another Tiafimo-style boil over, well, George's star rises again. Was the Tiafimo upset a huge hit on on the national media landscape? Oh, absolutely, guys. I mean, you know, it was the back page of the Telegraph the next day with King George. And I know as a result of that, I mean, you look at the look at the numbers he got to his fight against Haney, 40,000. And that was purely on the back of what he did against Tufimo. Because before that, you, you probably couldn't... I mean, if you weren't a true hardcore fight fan, you wouldn't be able to remember many of his opponents prior to fighting Tufimo. So uh, that was a massive win for George. Elevated him into, into true Australian boxing greatness. And I think he's still he's still in the top three or four pound for pound for me in, in Australian boxing. You you mentioned um, Horn Pacquiao, um, and you mentioned the three three hundred thousand hits and nine hundred thousand close to a million hits by Zoo. Do you do you remember the impact that that, that had? We, I'm just really intrigued at the sort of numbers that boxing, uh, the impact it has on, on on the Australian media media landscape. Well, guys, look. Uh... The thing with boxing in Australia, I, 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 as much as I'd love to see it more prominent, it's probably a third-tier sport or fourth-tier sport in Australia. And when you compare the other codes, I mean, the NRL and the AFL, in, our, in terms of our data on News Corp websites, AFL and NRL are miles ahead of the rest, even more so than cricket, uh, which is a distant third. And then you've got, you know, the Matildas had a bit of success during the World Cup. They they grabbed the... Uh, a bit. Yeah, yeah. What a, <laughs> what a, what a tidal wave that was. We, we all rode it, didn't we? But... Uh, Look, I'd love to see boxing to be to be a more popular sport. I, I think, though, um, there is a there is genuinely a cluster of Australian fight fans who appreciate what our athletes do, and it's certainly on the rise. Like what Tim Zoo's done, he's blazed a trail. Liam Wilson got a lot of attention for his performance against Navarrete in Arizona. So, I think boxing will it would look. I don't think boxing will ever be mainstream first tier on the level with NRL and AFL. But I would like to hope that one day it can continue to grow. And I think promoters like No Limit have done an outstanding job in, in trying to elevate our Australian boxers. Speaking oh, of... Go on, Tony. You go. Go on. No, you go on. Speaking of No Limit, talk to us about the impact that they've had on, on the sport and how Fox has worked in with them and they, they've been able to sort of revive the sport and bring it back to the mainstream. Yeah, well, it's interesting, Armin. Look, some people have been critical of No Limit and, and the exclusivity deal they've done with Fox Sports. But I have to say, when you think about No Limit, they started out a decade ago with a promotion in Dubbo out in the bush. And, and a decade later, they're doing Mendoza v Zoo on the Gold Coast and we've got a world champion. And what No Limit have done for boxing in Australia, they've taken that they've taken the sport in terms of promotional credibility to me to world-class levels i mean i've watched a number of pay-per-view events this year i watched in fulton in japan i watched uh, crawford against spence you look at the you look at the cards on both those they weren't the quality that no limits produced i mean no limits card for mendoza zoo was was as good as anything i've ever seen all the fights went the distance they're all cracking fights not only zoo mendoza but the undercards and even on the Nikita Zoo Brubaker card, you saw Toisi against Kiki Latelli, two world-class heavyweight. It was a world-class heavyweight style performance, even though Toisi's only had five or six fights. So, look, I think No Limit have been outstanding. And I think, I think guys, the pressure of exclusivity demands credibility and it demands 
it demands an execution and a, and a professional presentation of an event. And I think they do that as well as anyone. But I've got to say, guys, even Angelo Di Carlo's had some good shows over the years. He's probably as good a matchmaker as anybody. You know, the Turchi Masson world title fight early this year was one of the best fights I've seen in 20 years. It was a war. So so there are very good promoters out there. And what Dean Lonigan did with Horn Pacquiao will probably be unrivaled, 50,000 at Suncorp. But to me, no limit. They've taken this exclusivity, they've run with it, and they're now world-classy in my eyes, and, and they're giving a genuine platform to Australian fighters. Pete, um, valid point. They've definitely performed. They've brought up the expectations for the regular boxing consumer and, and the hardcore fans. And now this is the sort of production we're going to have. These are the sort of events we're going to have. It's got to be at this limit. Their social media presence <coughs> is flying and growing in numbers. My question, for many years... Fox Sports hosted fights, um, and I'm just pretty much relaying information from what is out there. And what I used to hear is, oh, Fox Sports going to charge us seven thousand to 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 put the fight on their platform, and they're they're giving us a budget of five, ten grand, fifteen grand, blah 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 blah. What's encouraged and pushed this latest? investment by news corp and fox sports where now we're hearing six figures and blah and so on and so on investment into into these sorts of events and finance there has to be something that's that's pushed the envelope yeah well it's a good point Armin. i mean look at the end of the day as they say in business sometimes you have to spend money to make money and i think that's where no limit of fox both deserve credit they're prepared to invest in the sport and sometimes that investment comes with a level of risk you know there's no guarantees especially with boxing not being a mainstream sport in australia whether you can monetize the sport whether there's there's enough of a cut through to make the profits that you're looking to achieve. But in saying that, that's where I think No Limit's taking a big risk. I mean, you know, guys, the challenge is there to other promoters. I mean, if you want to put your money where your mouth is and put on a glamorous show, which takes a lot of investment, then go for your life. But I think No Limit have put their money where their mouth is. They're probably taking a hit on some events, like some of their smaller shows, I would imagine. I don't know the figures, but I can't imagine some of those smaller shows would make money. But then you have, say, Zuvia Mendoza, where it can be a real money spinner and it covers some of their smaller events. So I think overall the strategy from Fox has been to invest in boxing. It's being realised at the moment. We're seeing better quality shows. We're seeing great fights. I mean, the Jackson England Nathaniel May fight on the undercard of Mizu Mendoza was fight of the year stuff. So I think No Limit are prepared to put their money where their mouth is. They're getting some rewards. And that's now probably the challenge for other promoters out there, whether they've got the, the financial wherewithal to do the same. Hey, Pete, we have spoken to other promoters who, um, who are unhappy at the potential exclusion by No Limit and Fox Sports, and you're arguably News Corp's um, biggest um, pugilist journalist. Have you been given orders or a directive from um, people in senior positions to only write about No Limit boxes? No, ne never, Tone. I mean, look, we have um, at Fox Sports, oh, sorry, at News Corp now, we, we have a number of commercial deals across all sports. We have commercial deals with Netball Australia. We've got commercial deals with the AFL. And as a result, that naturally, when there's a commercial tie, there is going to be some expectation around content. But I, I, I can honestly say, guys, I've never had anyone at the company say, you must do a stories only on No Limit Fighters. Like, I, I did a story on Justice Hooney last week before his fight 
against Andrew Tabidi in Mexico. That was that was a full page. So he's not a no-limit fighter. I did a story on him. I'm doing a story actually today as we speak on Jason Maloney and his upcoming world title defence in Canada. I've done stories on Dylan Biggs, who's not a no-limit fighter. So, oh, and, and naturally, the no-limit, when there is a no-limit show, there is an understanding that there will get big publicity, but rightly so, because we're trying to elevate Tim Zhu. We want to give Sam Goodman his time in the sun. But the promotion of No Limit Fighters is, does not come at the exclusion of no of non-No Limit Fighters. So I'm, I've written about many guys who aren't No Limit Fighters, and, and they get they get plenty of traction as well. Interesting. Um, again, traction. How, how popular are these local fighters, these... Like, 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 my biggest um, thing now is like for Justice Hooney, Drive Patai, Drive Patai is a world champion. Mm. How many yeah. people know that, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, so, so these are the things that sort of um, that that I'm so curious about from the outside to sort of understand when you write a, a story about Justice Hooney, uh, Justin, Justin, uh, what kind of traction do local fighters? Uh, people do 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 people tune in? Do people a small amount hardcore fans tune in? How does the regular person pretty much absorb that content? Yeah, so for example, guys, if I did a story on Justice Uni day to day or Joe Goodall, for example, who fights this week, you might get five thousand clicks on a story, which is not a lot. If I but there's an interesting there's an interesting correlation between fight day stats. And, and the numbers. So on fight day, a Tim Zoo story leading up to the fight might do 10 or 20,000. On fight day, it's in it's six figures. So wow. it shows to me that there's an appetite from the general sporting consumer to know what the result is. Some guys, some people can't afford to buy the, the 60, pay the $60 for main events. So they just want to, they just want to see round by round descriptions on News Corp websites. So our clicks are probably 10 to 20 to 30 times more on fight day. But I know, interesting guys, Paul Gallen was massive, was massive hits as a result because of his NRL fame. His fight against uh, Lucas Brown had more than 100,000 hits. So uh, that, that shows that if, you, if you've got some gravitas in other sports, it can be, it can be transferable to boxing. And, and that's why Gallen was so successful. Pete, Pete, who are the boxers that are driving all the traffic? Is it Tim Zhu? Is it Harry Garside? Is it Paul Gallen? Sonny Bill Williams? Yeah, good question, Tony. Yeah, look, it is. It is. If I if I did a story right now on Paul Gallen wanting to make a boxing comeback, that would get more hits than a Jai Opatia story, which is which is sad to say, but that's the reality. Jai does not attract big hits. I don't know why. Maybe he's not well known in Australia. Maybe he's been, he's been a controversial character. Jai he didn't fight for so long, of course, after his broken jaw against the after the Breeders World Title win. So. There are certain fighters that will get more clicks. You know, Tim Zoo's one of them, our more popular ones. Michael Zarafa is quite polarizing, so he gets some mm. fair clicks. Mine, he's got he's got a pretty big following in Melbourne, um, the Pretty Boy, yeah. and so they they get more of the clicks. But guys like Justice Hooney, Jai Opatia, given their talent and their status in the sport, they they probably don't get the attention and the clicks they should. So how do we fix that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shows like this, um, it shows like. This. <laughs> oh, look, well, I think, guys, you know, I'd love to say, like I said, we we need we need a greater social understanding. We need more promotion, and I think Fox Sports try and do their best. I'd love to see other networks get involved. I know Stan uh, dipped their toe in the water with a few fights. I know they had the NRL yep. fight night in Townsville a couple of weeks ago, which was that that card was fantastic. 
So, look, I think you've stand got that, that was Sorry, Pete, that was driven by Coda Nasser and Sonny Bill Williams and Mike Sneesby. So, there were, there were some good fights there. You know, Paul Ocuso headlined that, of course. So, look, there's, the fighters are there. We just need a greater... We just need a greater push in the media space. And even if I'd love to see free-to-air networks, guys, show fights and get behind it. You know, when was the last time we saw Channel 10 or Channel 9 show a boxing show or a boxing fight, um, which which was something that happened in the 80s and 90s with Kostya Zoo fighting and, and Jeff Fenix. So, um, you know, unfortunately, it seems to be the methodology that boxing only has to be a, a pay TV event to, to sell pay-per-views. But... Why, should, why can't free-to-air TV get involved as well and really drive numbers to, to the masses in Australia? I think um, the governments in the particular states and the networks are more inclined to jump on the UFC at the moment. It just seems to have um, a real desire for the mainstream person to get on board, whereas boxing, I think, has probably been a victim of interesting decisions, criticism um, and certain characters. Yeah. I mean, what do you think, Armin? What's your take on it? What do you think are some solutions? Well, one of the things that you said earlier is Fox News Corp have gone all in, right? Um, we're not seeing that elsewhere. And then and then we're, we're sort of hearing of Stan doing a show here and a show there and a show there. And if, if, if I was if I was these, these promoters, I would turn around and say to Stan, either show up or, you know, because you're you're more you're doing more damage to the sport than than helping it at the end of the day what we need to understand is this sport has the ability to be one of the top five sports in the country because when there's a fight night whether you're an nrl player whether you're an afl player whether you're a test cricketer doesn't matter who you are you want to be their front row right and we've seen that countless times over over the years doesn't matter which generation that's always been the case. If the stars are interested, right? Imagine the cross promotion if this was used by some of these networks between boxing and other sports. In America, it's done all the time. They take them to baseball game, they take them to basketball game. They take. For some reason, in this country, it doesn't happen. Very rarely ever do we see that cross promotion. It's like our bigger leagues are so tied up and so we uh, so blocked off and it's just it's just killing in my opinion it's killing the sport because the networks are not willing to make that investment and i think there's a few p political reasons as well as to why this sport is being held back it's been looked at, at in the past as some controversial figures have got involved with it and they've they've sort of painted that that stigma but i I really, I, I really say a huge, a huge thank you and congrats to, to, to Fox because putting the money up finally and giving the sport what it needs is it as they say it takes balls. This is this is a raw sport, so we can say whatever we want. It takes balls to do that. But the other networks at the moment are just talking like we're not seeing that same investment. So there needs to be a push by others in the sport to really push these networks over the edge and say it's got to happen but also which we are i'm going to come back to you now is is that exclusivity hurting the sport as a whole because now we've got a whole bunch of fighters who will struggle to to get fights on these on these mainstream platforms main event fox ko so on so on 
Well, it's interesting, Armand. I think um, just on the firstly on the exclusivity component, oh, if you look at No Limits exclusivity, yes, they've got a certain stable of fighters. So they've got Tim Zoo, Nikita Zoo. They've now added Liam Wilson to their stable and Vegas Larfield. But then you've they've also put other many other fighters on their cards. You know, Albert Nolan was on a card recently. He was one of the great fights against Vegas. It was another yeah, cracking fight. So they, they are giving some up-and-coming talent opportunities. Yeah, Wade Ryan, a, a real a veteran of the sport, fought against Vorobev recently, one of the greatest wins of his career. He was on a no-limit card. Isaac Hardman has been on no-limit shows. So they're all getting their, their opportunities. I think, guys... Oh, wow. We've, uh, we've lost Pete there, just as he was getting to the... Um... Did News Corp cancel his internet? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's back. He's back. He's back. There he's Pete. Pete, we uh, lost you. Just as you, you, were, you were making a very, very valid point, buddy. Yeah. Is his audio there, Armin? No, he's, uh, he's, he's gone and come back again. Well, we've had um, a few messages on our Facebook page, Armin, of, um, of some really good support, which is nice to see. It's from um, Saad Ali and Abs Curdy and Carl yeah. Cardi. <laughs> Yeah, 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 absolutely, mate. We uh, love we love the support of the fans always, all the time. Pete, got you back. Oh, sorry, boys. Sorry, boys. I had a bloody right. coming call. Can you believe that? I'm popular. Um, <laughs> but, uh, oh, mate. Yep. Mate, I think it was George Cambosis ringing to blast me. Um, yeah. no, was, you, uh, you mean Jim Cambosis? <laughs> uh, Jim, yeah, Jim, Jim. He takes 5% from me, Jim. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, guys, just on what I was about to say was I think – the other key boys for this is familiarity breeds support. And I think the, the problem with boxing is a fighter would only fight maybe two or three fights a year. And it, whereas in rugby league and AFL, the tribalism is created from the weekly certainty that you know a team is going to be there to support. So if you're an Essendon fan or a Balmain West Tigers fan, you know that every week my team is going to be there next week. I'll get to see the same players, the same faces. I'm, I, it breeds familiarity. Whereas I think connectivity is hard for boxing fans because, say, like Tim Zoo, we might only see him three times a year. So it's hard to, unless you have that momentum of a fighter fighting every couple of weeks, which is which is physically impossible, right, given the, the demands of the sport. So I think, you know, maybe a weekly boxing show would certainly get more numbers. And if that's that means we need a greater stable of fighters and we maybe rotate them and almost have like a Premier League-style situation where we have weekly fights. Yeah, but to, to sort of do that, you, you need a few fighters, and that would mean that you'd have to bring in all the others that are currently not with Fox, yeah, which, but- in my, which, which, in my opinion, would be the ideal situation because if we had a country that was united, we had all our promoters under the Fox banner, we'd have... Because right now, most of the fighters are outside Fox, right? And a lot of talent is going overseas because they're not getting the opportunity here. So imagine we had, I know this is a bit, a bit of a stretch, but we can, we, we, we can dream and imagine this is the, the land down under. So <laughs> <laughs> imagine we had all these promoters under the Fox banner, right? And everybody was writing off the success of Tim Zhu. Tim Zhu's got a, a window, he's got a 10 year window, right? What, what happens after that 10-year window, right? Where, where do these next stars come from? You've got three, three world championship, three world champions outside the Fox banner. 
Apatia, Ebony Bridges, and uh, Maloney. And there, and there was one more. I've, I've, I've just gone blank. So there's actually four. So imagine the the stars that we could have frontlining, headlining Australian boxing under the Fox banner. All the promoters, put your egos aside. Let's work together for the betterment of the sport. We need a mediator in the middle. Tony Shin, I reckon you'd, you'd be the perfect person <laughs> to sort of mediate this sort of this sort of uh, this sort of setup. And what? you know, it's 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 so much better for the sport because the talent's going to be there week in week out. That's when you, you can hold probably a show every second week, right? Because you've got the talent there. At the moment, it's impossible to sort of to sort of do that. And then imagine the TV numbers. Imagine the media numbers. Imagine. But hey. Do the other coaches want that? That's that's the other question that we that we have to that we have to ask ourselves. Yeah, free to air is a big component too, guys. I mean, if you think about it, most I think it's only twenty percent of the Australian households have pay TV, right? So that's only five million people in Australia. If you get free to air support, if you get free to air promotion, you're touching the hearts and minds of every Australian that's got a T television. Then, yeah. then I think you get real cut through and you get real impact on free-to-air networks so i'd love to see channel 7 9 and 10 get involved in that capacity maybe it'll never happen but i'd, I'd certainly love to see it and, and you know give australian boxing the profile and the, the status it deserves we had um queensland promoter on our queensland promoter angelo de carlo on last week who actually said that he and brian armatruda were in talks with the seven and nine networks so hopefully something positive can materialize out of these discussions and then we can create some competition, which is going to be better for the future of the sport. Absolutely, mate. And and as as Pete um, sort of referred to that that free to air is crucial, and that's why with with the AFL and these other networks, part of their contracts legally they have to have some sort of free free to air coverage because it makes a big difference. All right, um, we have gone <laughs> above and beyond our old time limit um pete it's been an absolute pleasure mate you've shared a ton of nuggets with us yeah, um, thanks, before before we let you go one last one from me and then probably tony will have one last one then we'll, we'll, we'll close shop where do you see the future of australian boxing moving forward Oh look, I think it's I think it's on a precipice to, to greatness, boys. I mean, I really do. I mean, you look at the boxers we've got at the moment in Australian boxing, they're in they're at the midpoint of their careers. I mean, Joy Opatia's in his in his mid twenties. Tim Zhu, I think, turned twenty nine yesterday. Happy birthday, Tim. Uh, so <laughs> Justice Hooney is, is twenty four. We've got we've got so many quality fighters. Jason and Andrew Maloney, uh, you know, they're getting on a little bit now, but they've been they're still. They're, you know, Jason's a world title holder, so I still think that we haven't seen the best of Australian boxing. I think for the next, I think the next sort of three to seven year window, we're going to see a lot of world title shots. I'd love to see Justice Sooney get a world title shot. I think he's capable of it. Whether he can win a world title, I don't know. He probably hasn't got the power, but he's got the talent. He's got the speed to at least get a world title shot. And I think Jai Pattaya can unify the cruiserweight division and then step up to heavyweight. I'd love to see him fight justice at heavyweight. And and then, yeah, Tim, Tim, he's he's got another division in him. I think he can be a two or three division world champion. And Sam Goodman can win a world title. if He probably won't win one while Inouye is in his division. But if Inouye vacates and moves up, if we beat, when he beats the Parles, yeah, I, I think I think 
Goodman can beat anyone else in that division. So I think, guys, we can have five, six, seven world champions concurrently. And let's not forget Michael Zarafa. He's, he's one step away, one win away from a world title. So uh, it's, it's an amazing era, and we're just fortunate to be witnessing it. Pete, the last one from me. How do we incentivise the boxers outside of appearing on television and getting them more money? <laughs> Maybe we get Jai on fans only. What do you reckon, boys? Do you reckon he's, he's, he's got a good rig. He could, he could get the gear off. Um, oh, I mean, really, I mean, for, for most boxers, the, their monetization comes through sponsors, doesn't it? And, and it comes through pay-per-views. So if um, the pay-per-view numbers are better, they make more money. And, that, and that's incumbent upon us as boxing fans to get behind them, to buy pay-per-views and, and then the promoters and the networks to work hand in glove to maximise their earnings capacity. And, and I think I think if we can grow sponsorship, we can grow the stable of support for these boxers, they will get the paydays they deserve. Yeah, um, it'd be great to have a Frank Lowy type person for what he did for the A-League, for somebody of uh, similar route to do that to boxing in Australia. All right, then, Mr. Mr. Doubleway, get, get yourself ready and make it happen. <laughs> hey, you right, can afford a tone. You can be the benefactor tone. Yeah, thanks, Pete. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, Mr. Peter Bedell, thank you very much, buddy. We definitely appreciate you joining us. Thank you, everyone who's tuned in. Take care. We'll catch you all next week, Monday, on Raw Sport. Peace. Thanks, Pete. <laughs>